These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. In Spring Branch, we speak more than 145 different languages, and that diversity translates into a thriving economy. Our district's a melting pot. It's a great place to find the staff you need. Spring Branch is working for business. Yours. Find out more at spmd.org. Hi, and welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here. I'm Rebecca Schutz, real estate reporter at the Houston Chronicle. A lot has happened since we last caught up. The home real estate market has gotten a little bit wild as forces driving the home sales market ripple over into rentals. I spoke to renters who, in order to stand out from the other applications, and there were sometimes dozens, offered to pay more than asking rent or even to pay several months of rent in cash up front. One compared renting a home to, quote, buying toilet paper in the middle of March last year. Houston Habitat for Humanity is making plans to go bigger than ever. With its new 1,000 home subdivision, the nonprofit is actually taking a leaf from the Book of Master Plan communities, which are super popular here in Houston. Specifically, it's taking the idea that families not only want a home, they want the lifestyle the neighborhood surrounding the home can offer. Bringing that to the nonprofit world, Houston Habitat's new 127-acre community in Northeast Houston will not only include affordable housing, but also commercial real estate that resource-poor neighborhoods often lack. For example, a bank, a health clinic, and a food hall. And after years of attempts, the redevelopment of Fifth Ward's old St. Elizabeth Hospital into a mixed-income housing project has finally broken ground. The multi-million dollar investment in a historically Black neighborhood has been greeted with both excitement and wariness. Okay, so the other day I went to Acres Homes to check out a site where a new real estate investment club called Society 23 is getting ready to build a bunch of homes. It's the latest group aiming to help everyday people invest in real estate, especially in historically Black neighborhoods. The goal is to help minorities have a say in how gentrifying neighborhoods are developed and to build wealth in the process. So I drive over to the corner where they're clearing the land, and who do I see but Jackie Cooper? I knew her name because she's the first female president of the Houston Black Real Estate Association. They actually just created an award in her honor. The Jackie Cooper Award recognizes real estate agents who excel in both their work and their service to the community. So when I saw her, I was like, I bet she has some stories to share. And I invited her to speak with us. Thanks for being here, Jackie. Thank you for having me. I was really excited when I first met you because, you know, the first female president of HBREA, I just know you've been in real estate a long time. There have been a lot of changes in that time. When did you first get into real estate? Um, I was licensed in 1978, probably before you were born. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. Yeah. And real estate has changed a lot in that time. Just to interrupt, it's easy to forget how much real estate has changed, but HBREA was actually founded because Black real estate agents at the time weren't allowed in the Houston Association of Realtors. They actually weren't even allowed to become realtors anywhere in the country. And for those who don't know, realtors are to real estate agents what Kleenex is to tissues. 
Only members of the National Association of Realtors can use the name, and the association did not allow Black real estate agents to join until 1961. Even then, Black real estate agents were discouraged from joining in the 70s. And when you're talking to like people who are just getting started in real estate today, what are some of the big differences between when you got started and today that surprises them? Well, one of the biggest differences, of course, is technology. You know, I mean, you can sell a house without seeing the house, without even meeting the people. Back then, you know, you had to meet the people and take them to the house. I mean, it was a lot of car rides, you know, you'd meet the people and, mm-hmm. and or pick them up. A lot of people like to be picked up from their home and you take them to see the properties. But now you don't have to do that anymore. You, they can see the property on the internet. When we were talking before, you're telling me basically how you got all the listings and how you're able to find all the homes. Like you got a printouts of each home, right? In your office. Back then we had books, actually, because we didn't have the computer when I first started. So MLS printed out books. I'm trying to think, seemed like I believe they were changed weekly. This is just so crazy to me. You can just imagine how different the home buying process would be. You couldn't do any research without an agent who had access to these books. And that was also one of the big reasons these associations were so important historically. The real estate agents would share what homes were for sale with the other agents in the same group. So if you weren't a member of that group, you wouldn't have access and you wouldn't know what homes were for sale. Does anything else stand out in your mind as things that are different between then and now? Um, Yeah, the fact that uh, back then certain areas uh, was not comfortable for people of color to be showing homes in. And uh, seeming like they weren't used to, a lot of people were uh, were surprised if I, you know, came to their house to show a home, and and you know, and I and I was black. Sometimes they'd even call mm. call the office and mention it. You know. And how do you deal with a situation like that? Well, I think it was uh, because I'd got to the point where real estate was my primary way of feeding my family. I just dealt with it and, and just kind of ignored it and, and just went on about my business. My first broker later on told me that she was afraid for me because of some of the places that I had gone showing homes and listing homes that she was really afraid for me. But I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't afraid because I knew what I had to do. There was a builder at the time said he was working with only one real estate company that he wasn't working with any other real estate company. Well, I had people who wanted to see those homes. So I had to, I started to call in their corporate office and, and I was kind of a pest to them. So finally they agreed to let me show their homes and sell their homes. These were the things that we, you know, I mean, that's, that's just, I'm, I'm trying to put it mildly, but that's one of the, uh, main things that, that we encountered. I was out in an area where it was a predominantly white area. There was one lady controlling the area when it real estate agent. So I started to just putting out flyers and and door knocking. And after, you know, after a few months, I was controlling the area, which was, was really 
unheard of. And so the, the broker of that particular company asked me to come to work for them, but I never did. But they asked me to come to work for them because he said, if you can do that, well, certainly, you know, I, I would like for you to work for us. To pause here, Jackie herself says she tries to put things mildly. So I did call a few people she's worked with to get their takes. Two of them described Jackie as a trailblazer who made it a point to pass along what she learned to others. She opened the door. That's Andrea Hilliard Cooksey, who became chairman of the parent organization of HBREA, the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. I got there to be chairman, but I got there because Jackie was pushing me, you know, and through her connections, you know, it took her using her knowledge and people who knew her to give me a recommendation for them to allow (laughs) me to ascend to that position. I got to know her the best when her company, uh, along with two other partners called CCD Ventures, and my company got the HUD contract for the greater Houston area. That's Kevin Riles, who now runs Prairie View A&M University's master program in community development. When homes get foreclosed on, the lender sells the home to recoup the money. And if the home doesn't sell at foreclosure auction, they reach out to real estate agents to sell it on their behalf. For a real estate agent, a contract with a big lender, think government agencies or giant banks, can be career changing. We were at the height of the foreclosure crisis, listing anywhere from, you know, 30 to 50 homes a month uh, as far as foreclosures. And so, uh, but the way I got that contract or at least knew about it was through the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, which is the national organization of of African-American brokers. So I say all that to say that Jackie was instrumental in bringing me into the fold and kind of mentoring a lot of the younger brokers, African-American brokers, as to just being a, a someone to talk to and then just being really encouraging. That was kind of my goal after I found out that these listings were available. Fannie Mae listings and, and the Freddie Mac listings, listing some of the corporate foreclosures. I did spend a lot of time knocking on doors and I wanted to make sure the agents of color were also involved in that. And do you have any hopes for the upcoming generation of real estate agents? You know, even though we have technology, you still have to you have to be honest, sincere, and concerned about people and, and try to make a difference in what you're doing. Well, thank you so much for joining. It's really informative to hear about how real estate in Houston has changed over the years. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you ever want to send an idea for a podcast or just say hi, you can reach out on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at R.A. Shoots. That's R-A-S-C-H-U-E-T-Z. And on our show notes, if you go to HoustonChronicle.com slash looped in, we'll have links to all of the news we mentioned, including how the home rental market has gotten crazy and this profile on Jackie Cooper. Thanks to our print editor, Rob Gavin. Thanks to Farrell Gibbs and his band, All the Komodos, for the theme music. And thanks to Scott Kingsley for producing. Until next time.